Okay, hello everyone, it's Dashi Han Miller, and we're here with uh, this episode of Kuden, episode 121, for those of you keeping track. So uh, during this episode, what we're going to do is take a look at uh, this idea of motivation, right? I'm going to talk about uh, a couple of things here. One, um, the illusion or delusion, right, of trying to rely on uh, this thing, right, this emotional state before anything gets done. And also, I'm going to give you some tips for, uh, obviously, right, it was in the title, getting and staying motivated. But what we're going to do is take a look at things from the perspective of the ninja Sanshin and a couple of other things uh, in our Mikyo uh, training so that, uh, one, we can be clear about the issue, two, not let things get in the way that's actually, uh, it's just not possible, right? If, if we're aiming for things, uh, and what we want to do, I'll also give you some tips uh, to prevent uh, people, events or situations, and especially ourselves from getting in the way. All right. All that and more when we come back. So the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kudan Radio, real training for real people in a real world. And we're back. Excellent. All right, so, uh, you know, I... No one sends me messages, but I, I, every once in a while I wonder if, you know, people hear that intro for the podcast and then wonder, what the hell, right? We're talking about life skills. We're talking about things like tonight. We're going to be talking about motivation, how to get motivated, how to stay motivated, those kind of things, right? What the hell does that have to do with training? Well, for a lot of people, they're not getting any training at all or the training is haphazard or slipshod or whatever terms you want to use because they don't feel motivated because they're waiting for somebody else to motivate them or whatever, right? So all those ideals, all those things that were pointed out there in the intro that we're aiming for, right? Um, you know, sometimes we talk about actual physical, real world, you know, self-defense and, and training and whatnot. But one, right, this is ninjutsu, so it's all training. Uh, but two, if we have certain things getting in the way, and I don't care if it's something like tonight's topic, right, motivation, or it's per our own personality traits, it's living conditions, it's whatever that's preventing training from happening, then there's things to handle before we can even uh, even start thinking about training, right? Uh, I remember one time I got an email from somebody that you know, was talking about, you know, they, they were going to be the prodigal son, right? Please accept me as a student and, you know, I'll be the best student you ever had and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, but, right, I don't have any money, right? I, I can barely, like, clothe and feed my family and that's a stretch some days. Uh, you know, all these things, right? My wife is dying of cancer and, I mean, it was it was a pretty bad kind of thing, right? <clears throat> and, um so what I wrote back, of course, you know, I'm sorry that all these things are happening, but perhaps it's it would be best at the moment to forestall training, right, to forego it until we get a better handle on these other things, right, so that life is a little bit less stressful, right, 
And so we have more time, resources, whatever, right, for training. Well, what I got back was a flaming email. How dare I call him a loser? How dare I say that he can't take care of his family? How dare, how dare, how dare? And my only response was, uh, one, I didn't say any of those things, but this is needed to, right? And so, one, it's all about family. Two, it's all about handling challenges and prioritizing, right? And since in the hierarchy of needs, survival comes first, right? Um, we should probably handle that, okay? Now, what I didn't write was we probably shouldn't be worrying about protecting what we have. We should be worrying about survival and getting past the day-to-day -day survival fear instinct and all that kind of stuff that's causing stress, right? If you don't have time, um, perhaps, or time, you know, you don't have the money for supporting family and all that, right? Then perhaps the time that you'd be using for training should be better spent uh, looking for a higher paying job, uh, you know, getting a second part-time job or what some people call a side hustle, whatever, to get that kind of stuff managed, right? If you've got extra time for training, but you're barely surviving, right? You're one step from homeless or whatever, right? I understand how we want to do this thing that'll make us feel like all that, right? We're going to talk about this a little bit later, but Sometimes just getting a handle on the simple things, right? Something that we can take pride in, that we can claim as our own, uh, a challenge that we've uh, overcome or that we've bested or whatever, right? Can go a long way, right? To making us feel more confident, more powerful, more in control of our lives, right? More motivated to do more, right? So, but anyway, I, I tend to not get into pissing matches with people and whatnot, because if you wanted that side of me to come out, then that side would be, you know, um, <laughs> when you think about self-defense, and I ask students this on a regular basis, right, especially my in-house students, right? When you think of self-defense, because one of the first questions I ask them is about self-esteem, self right? Um it actually starts at the front door. Let's say we're giving somebody a tour through the dojo, right? And I teach them a basic bow, right? <clears throat> Not the movie bow, the, the the ones we do in Japan, right? So then I explain that this is a sign of respect. This is how we do it here because it's atypical, right? You don't do this kind of stuff in your regular life. So it kind of wakes us up, right? No matter what was going on outside, no matter what habit patterns we have outside this door, once you come in, right, first thing we're going to do is something that is it, it's wired to here, right? Um, and it gets our head, right? Gets something to click, right? So, but here's how we show respect, right? There's a couple of other ways that we show respect in the dojo, da da da. And then I ask them, right? What does respect mean? Do you know what respect means, right? And they'll, you know, give me an answer, or an example, or whatever, right? And I'll say, okay. So here, respect means treating other people, places, or things, right? Or events, or whatever as though they're as important to you as you are to you. And then the next follow-up question is, do you think that you're important? And I get a wide range of answers, right? Everything from, well, yeah, sure, of course, right? All the way to just a blank stare 
and even sometimes, I don't know. Um, you know, I don't know. I might have gotten a no here once or twice or whatever. But uh, it doesn't matter how the answer goes, right? My follow-up is, you know, this is really, really important, especially when we come come from this uh, the perspective, right, from Nijutsu and, and or the warrior's perspective, right, being a protector, right? I say when you think of um, things of value, right, do we put security guards, right, on – banks and jewelry stores or on swamps and uh, garbage dumps. They, you know, kind of laugh and they go, well, of course, you know, jewelry stores and whatnot. Right. Okay. So we protect that which is valuable. Okay. So it'd be a pretty good idea if we thought of ourselves as having a lot of value, Right. Because it's pointless to think about protecting, right, ourselves or our loved ones or whatever, if we don't see value in those things, right? If we're not doing something from a protection or protecting value kind of perspective, then kind of calls into question why we're doing it, right? Stroking ego, uh, filling in some kind of emptiness that's going on on the inside or whatever. And all those things are okay, right? They can help, right? But we could be doing just about anything that we enjoy that spackles the cracks, right, so to speak, right? Um, being a warrior protector where other people are going to depend, right, on you being there and you having that kind of power, right, that kind of confidence that they can draw on, right, that, that when they look at you, they know, look, no matter how bad things get, right, he or she, right, I'm going to follow them because – they're in control of things, right? And if they're not, they're figuring things out. Or if they're not, they're letting us know, right? I mean, if this person loses their power, their confidence, their control or whatever, um, shit, we're already dead, right? Um, this kind of came around when the whole COVID thing happened. And just a long story short, my mom had asked me, you know, are you, are you afraid? And I said, no. And she said, you're, you're not afraid of all this stuff? And I said, no. And I, I, at one point, I was in, in an at-risk category, right? age and uh, type 2 diabetes and all that kind of stuff, right? So, you know, why aren't you afraid? I said, Mom, my several of my peers, right, and I have been in situations where it would make most people just lose all control, right? Roll up in a, in a fetal position, right? So we're gathering information. We're keeping an eye on things. We're watching things, those kind of things, right? Um, so no, no, I'm not. Okay. But what I will say, right, is that if you see me and my friends panicking, then probably you're already dead. Okay? And that's the difference between like the macho, I'm a martial arts guy or girl kind of thing. And this warrior mentality, right? The, the truth is that some of us are just wired to rush toward the screaming, to rush toward the gunfire, the flames, whatever, right? Um, and this is not ringing my bell or whatever, right? Um, and you never really know what's going to happen until you're actually in the thick of things, right? And fortunately or unfortunately, right, because I wouldn't wish some of these things that I've experienced on anybody, um, I've been in enough of those things to know how I'm wired, right? 
even though I try to avoid conflict, right? Especially when it comes to loved ones and, and whatnot, because I just, you know, um, my take on things is uh, if I really wanted to end this, I would burn bridges. So if I'm not willing to burn a bridge to be right, then, you know, I've got to spend a whole lot of extra effort and energy to kind of navigate around things. But either way. Right. So um, I get it. I get it that people want to train. Right. I get it that people want to get back into training. Right. Uh, this is one of those things that uh, we talk about on a regular basis and, and has come up in everything from uh, shameless plug, uh, our uh, life purpose discovery process. Um, what else do we have? Ninja mind, uh, first seven steps on the path of a Buddha. And there's a ninja motivation and influence course that was actually designed to help people uh, operate in the ninja's eight gates where it had to do with like, you know, manipulation and influence and those kind of things. Right. And well over half of the people that have ever signed up for that program, I think it's closer to 70% who have ever signed up for that program used it on themselves, which is pretty cool. Right. So, um, but anyway, right. So we have this, with this thing, people want to do things, right. And it might not just be this, Right vacations that kind of fall by the wayside or whatever, right? And one of the big things that keep popping up is this concept of motivation, right? I don't feel like motivation. I don't feel motivated. Uh, you know, I don't feel like it, um, uh, you know, whatever, right? And, and here's something I want you to think about, right? I, I was just thinking about this earlier, right? Maybe it's not a case of motivation. Maybe it's a case of procrastination. Maybe it's a case of laziness, right? I don't know, right? It's not for me to say that's where we do the self-work. That's where the Seishin Teki, um, uh, personal clarity and, and spiritual development and personal development, all that kind of stuff. That, that's, that's why it's the first uh, area of training in the Togakure school, right? Uh, it goes all the way back. In, well, I guess that... Would have been forward. I don't know. I have to look at the timeline, right? In Greek, they say uh, "know thyself" and you know, all that stuff, right? So, but um, you know, we've got these programs that help people do what needs to be done, and then we've got all these other things that derail things, right? One of those things is is conventional social programming, right? Think about the social safety net. Think about um, the the amount of comfort that we enjoy, right? Our and nobody wants to hear this, right? Because it flies in the face of their belief system. But our the people that are living below the poverty line, right? I'm not talking about homeless. But the people living below the poverty line in this country, right, are wealthy compared to half the population in a lot of third world countries, if not more, right? They're considered to be wealthy, even though they're, you know, the money is coming in monthly and whatnot from social programs or welfare funds or whatever, right? The amount of uh, personal and physical objects that they have, cell phones and cars and whatever, right? That the government has supplied or it doesn't really matter, right? Food's taken care of. Uh, housing and whatnot's taken care of. Now, doesn't matter 
it does ultimately, right? But it doesn't matter if the person spends the money on what it was intended for or they find a way to misuse the money. It's taken care of, right? So if that's true for them, what's true for the rest of us that uh, work, right, that have a job, that, um, I don't know, somebody else is, is floating the bill and, and uh, contributing, right, uh, to household expenses or whatever, right? Do we really have an imperative need? Are we, here's that word, motivated because we'll die if we don't do it? Are we motivated to do the things that need to be done? You know, if we lived in 16th century Japan, 15th century Japan, right? Bandits out all over the countryside, civil wars popping up all over the place and whatnot, right? Um, would we be more motivated to take action, right? Uh, to get our training, to do whatever it is we're planning on doing, right? If our lifespan, right, was admittedly younger, would we try to do things faster or sooner or whatever? I like to think so, but I don't know. And the only reason I'm thinking so is because, you know, I grew up in poverty and uh, don't ever have to go back there and, and that kind of stuff, right? But just in case, right, I make sure I have wilderness survival skills and I can live without Netflix and whatever, right? So anyway, all right. So so let's 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 dive into this, right? Because I I, I talked about the social programming, right, and the reality is, is that we don't really have to do much of anything, right? We have a time-based pay system for most people. I mean, I don't have it, right? If I don't work, I don't get paid, right? Um, if I don't enroll people into my programs, I don't get paid, right? But for most people, by and large, they clock in, clock out. I don't care if it's salary or it's on a time clock, an actual time clock, right? It's time-based pay, right? So they're not even required to produce much more than what was expected, not even required to produce expected sometimes, right? If As long as I show up, then I get paid, right? So, <laughs> so... I'm not really struggling, right? We're not really struggling to feed the kids, let alone the cat and dog, right? Um, and even if we are, right, we throw uh, some words out onto a social network and we let people know, hey, uh, you know, got this kind of thing, right? And people come out of the woodwork to help, which is human nature. And that's all great, right? Um, but for a lot of people, and uh, nobody in this group, because we're all enlightened, right, Um for a lot of people, that becomes habit. That becomes standard, right? That becomes part of the plan, right? Oh, if I can't make it this this time or whatever, uh, my sister will loan me money. Uh, my parents will loan me money. Uh, my friend will help me make my car payment. I'll, I'll pay it back, right? It becomes part of plan B, right? Um, what if just breaking even was plan B? What if failure was plan B, right? Because it caused you to hone things. Right. James knows this. Right. And we I fail a lot. Right. 
Um, and there's also been lots of struggles. We're pulling ourselves out of another one of these things, right? So, um, but that can create some motivation, right? But it's not, there isn't a safety net, right? And if there is a safety net, you know, I go to the bank and I ask for a loan, even if I get one, right? It's a loan. I'm paying it back with interest. It's not, it's not a grant. It's not, you know, whatever, right? It's not, it's not something that I can get and then not ever have to worry about paying back. Okay. So anyway, right. So, uh, here's this thing, right? Motivation, right? And again, uh, if you read the little thing that we sent out, right? That little graphic that, that I sent out, right? One of the big, one of the biggest things, right? And all these emails that I get, uh, personal interactions with people and whatnot, there is just an, there, there's an, a high percentage of students that are looking for the teacher to motivate them, right? Um, I know how to motivate people, right? But they wouldn't like it, okay? Um, it requires indentured servitude. It requires cattle prods. It requires uh, debt, right? You owe me, so do it, right? Um, those kind of things, right? But people don't like those, right? So they want to steer around those, right? And no one likes to owe anyone or be indebted to anyone, right? Because it creates a state of discomfort. We'll talk about discomfort in a little while, right? Uh, I believe that if you really want to motivate yourself, you should stay in a state of discomfort. Okay? But that's just me. Right. Human beings always lean toward feel good stuff. They always move away from anything that feels unpleasant. Right. It's in our Mikyo training. Right. It's in basic Buddhism. It's in most spiritual traditions. Right. There's this thing. Right. Where human beings will always run toward feel good and always run away from unpleasant. Right. We have to have stronger reasons to fight against that, right? Like nobody wants to be impaled by steel, right? And like needles, right? Okay, well, if you don't take this shot, that you could get this thing that'll kill you. Oh, okay, well, give me the shot. Some people will still avoid the shot, but anyway, right? So in Mikyo, there's this basic premise, right? That the cause of suffering, the cause of dukkha, right? I know how much that sounds like dukkha shit, right? Um, dukkha means uh, dissatisfaction, uh, discomfort, suffering, that kind of thing. But what it what it's pointing to is like a rough ride, right? Dukkha, uh, if you break the word down, uh, what you get is a bent axle or an uh, an uncentered axle or wheel hole kind of thing, right? So again, you have to think way back, right? 3,000 years ago, 2,500 to 3,000 years ago, and even before that, right? When this was used as a, as a kind of a reminder for the lesson, right? Everybody had wagons or carts or whatever, right? So if you didn't, if you weren't mindful, right? And you didn't do what you needed to do when you were building and or fixing your wagon, Right. You wouldn't have it for very long. Right. Um, for one of many reasons. Right. But the idea is 
if, you know, I've got these, these axle assemblies, right? So I've got this bar, right? And it wasn't a bar. It was bamboo or it was, you know, wood or whatever, right? Ran across a yoke, right? On the, underneath of the, the, the uh, wagon, right? To these wooden wheels. Okay. So, uh, let, let's say, you know, we made the wheels properly, right? So there's a hole drilled right exactly in the center this axle is going to go through and then it's pinned in place. Same thing on the other side. But if the axle itself is bowed, right? While the, while the wagon is moving and the wheels are turning, it's turning around something that's, that's like this, right? So I don't know if I have it. I don't think I have anything here. That's like that, but either way, right? So as it's moving, it's going to be, you know, rolling around with this kind of thing going on, right? So what you're going to have is whatever wheel assembly that is a part of, it's going to be doing this while it's moving, right? The other way this can be translated is in the way the hole is put into the wooden wheel, right? So if it's not exactly center, even if you have a straight axle, right? If it's off center, right? Even if the other one is, right? Now you've got this weird kind of thing going on like this, right? And if you were just the good enough for government work, even though they wouldn't have had that, that, saying way back in the day, right? If you were just the, whatever, it's good enough, right? And so you have a bent axle and the axle holes are off, right? You're going to have this thing all over the place. And while we human beings are very adaptive, right? We can think, uh, we could, or we could convince ourselves, right? We just accept it, right? It's good enough, right? So we're going to accept it and it'll be okay for a while. But just like somebody who's always talking about the same thing it's like that dripping faucet right that same thing again and again right eventually it's going to become annoying and then it's going to you know there's going to be this sense of dissatisfaction right and then there's going to be pain and suffering because your spine and your body constantly being racked by this thing. Uh, for those of you on audio only, I was just doing my little, like, I don't know, P-Funk dance or whatever, right? So anyway, right? Just kind of simulating sitting in one of these wagons, right? So, you know, it's kind of like being on a merry-go-round, right, at a, an amusement park, right? In the beginning, it's all cool, right? But eventually, you want to get off. But what if you can't, right? So, again, just eventually, right, it just gets to be... You know, there's monotony, right? And we have sayings for that stuff like that, right? And I don't, if, if you're from different countries or different cultures, right, uh, and not from the U.S. or Canada or whatever, then you might have different sayings, but we have things like um, the same shit, different day and, and whatnot to, to point out this thing that just feels freaking monotonous, right? I'm up in the morning, shit, shower, and shave. I go to work. I come home. I have dinner, I walk the dog, I watch TV, I go to bed, I get up tomorrow to do it all over again, right? In the beginning, it might feel all like it might feel pretty good because like I'm adulting, right? This is this is what grown-ups do. Yes, finally, those evil parents aren't telling me what to do. And then it's the same thing, right? There's no rest days or if there are, we're doing the same thing every Saturday and Sunday or whatever our days off, right? Actually, all we're doing is trading in the work that we do at work for work we have to do around the house. And eventually, right, weeks, months, 
years of the same thing. Well, you know what it feels like. I don't have to tell you. Right? You're probably feeling it in some area of your life. Right. Um, so there's this idea. Right. But <laughs> excuse me. So this kind of describes the, the first noble truth. Right. The first noble truth is uh, life uh, without the proper mindset, without proper awareness, those kind of things. Right. With improper view or perspective, life is filled with discontent. It's filled with suffering. Right. So this begets the question. Right. Well, why? What causes that? Right. Well, second noble truth is the truth of the cause of suffering, which is Trishna. And Trishna is a Sanskrit word that means um, desire, but more to the point of misdirected desire. What it means is that we want things to be a way they can't be. Okay. So one of those things is we only want the good stuff. And none of the bad stuff, right? Or, uh, you know, we want to avoid all that bad stuff. So at the very least, right, nothing's happening and my days are calm, cool, and collected, right? Except that's not the way life works, right? Life's kind of stacked against us. I just mentioned this in a, I think it was a coaching call here recently with my long distance students or maybe it was one of the videos I just made for you guys, right? Um, my days are all over the place, right? So, um, so here's, here's a question, right? Let's say we, we have our home, right? And we, we, we're creating a garden out back, right? And so in the garden, right? I plant some seeds to grow, uh, certain types of vegetables. Let's say I'm planting, uh, seeds to grow cabbage, right? So, so long as I water the garden, nurture the garden, you know, all, and take care of it, right? And I'm minding the garden. What am I going to get? I'm going to eat cabbage, right, to certain, to whatever degree, right, based on what I planted and all that kind of stuff, right? So, uh, but what if I don't do anything, right? What if I don't plant any seeds, okay? What if, what if I just don't do anything, right? Okay, and this is, again, I don't know that I can motivate people, but maybe I can say something that lights a fire under your ass, um, and, but it's only the idea because I'm not I'm not going out of my way to light a fire under anybody else's ass. Right. Um, all my time, effort and energy is on students and on getting my own projects done. Right. So. Uh, anyway, so but here's the question, right, if I if I plant the garden, I plant seeds. Right. I'm, I'm planting cabbage seeds and whatnot. Right. And I nurture everything. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to grow giraffes, right? I'm not going to grow rocks. I'm good, right? I'm going to get cabbage, right? But what if I don't plant anything? What am I going to get? Right? A lot of people would say, well, nothing. I'm not going to get anything. But that's not true. See, and this is where the universe is kind of stacked against us. This is where life is stacked against us, right? And I'm not saying this to be a pessimist, Right? I understand the law of karma and I understand how things work. And therefore I don't run around trying to get something that can't be had, get rid of something that I can't get rid of or try to get something that it doesn't work that way. Right. What do I get if I don't do anything? What do I get, James?
You're on. What do I get? You'll end up with weeds. You end up with weeds. You're still going to get a garden full of stuff. You're just going to get weeds and shit. Right? So doing nothing doesn't maintain the status quo. It causes other shit to grow and manifest that makes it even more difficult to get what you want. So when it comes time for me to actually take control, right? And I'm okay. Now I'm serious, right? I'm serious this time, right? I'm going to plant those seeds and I'm going to grow cabbage. Now what? Well, now I've got three times the amount of work because I got to clear out the garden again and pull out all that stuff, right? Before I can even start. And the longer it goes, the more shit grows. And that shit can be internal, can be guilt, can be shame, can be anger, it can be discontent, can be pessimism, it can be all kinds of things, right? It can be, uh, you know, lowered self-esteem and confidence because, uh, you know, I, I keep seeing myself not doing things, whatever. It could be internal, right? It could be external, right? People nagging at you, uh, landlord threatened to kick you out because you don't mow your lawn, let alone take care of the garden, uh, whatever, right? All this extra work, right? And again, I'm just using the garden analogy, right? But now I've got three to five times more prep work because I let things go for so long, right? And not only did it go where, like, I've got all this work, right? Because, see, time went on, right? So I got married, or maybe I got married and divorced, or maybe I got married, had kids, got divorced, have child custody and, and <laughs> child support issues and whatever, right? Got all this stuff, right? Through jobs, off jobs, whatever, right? So now there's all this extra stuff going on that now needs to be managed, right, to take care of things. So extra, right? And that can obviously feed back, right, to my sense of confidence, power, control, right? You're going to hear me use those words a lot, right? Because all the research I've done tells me that my best students are looking to increase personal power, right? Their level of confidence and their ability to do things and make things happen, right? And their sense of personal control of their lives, right? And if that, none of those speak to you, then I'm not sure why you're listening to because the people that are attracted to this the most are looking for those things. And then the physical training fits in as a part of that, as an aspect of their lives. It's not spackling a hole to make up for a lack, right? Other than like, I've created this really valuable life, right? And so now I have these skills to make sure that I stay in the world because as one of my teachers used to always say, you can't do good in the world if you're not in the world, right? But, right, a lot of people just believe that, you know, they're doing the world a favor because they showed up, right? Hmm. Looking for lots of value but not giving much back, right? So, and that's not the way karma works. It's not the way the universe works, right? So, anyway, right? So, again, uh, something something else that's that's a part of this this attraction repulsion kind of thing is 
people are waiting to be motivated to do something. I just don't feel like it today. Right? Not motivated. Right? Who the hell said you had to be? Who, who said you had to like the thing that you were doing? But this goes, this feeds back to the thing that 2,500, 3,000 years ago, people realized, right? These enlightened sages realized, right? That the average human being will not do anything unless there is a promise of reward or a threat of punishment, right? Not paying my taxes and contributing to the common good unless you establish a law by gunpoint, which means if I don't pay my, my taxes, uh, you find me. And if I don't pay my taxes and my fines, eventually somebody with guns will show up and escort me off to a happy little cage where I will be fed and watered and all that and let out to run around the yard, just like a pet or a caged animal. Right. So, uh, same thing with stop signs and, and whatnot. Right. Um, you know, the assumption that I get to go first because I exist, right? Those kind of things, right? So, um, and if we if we get angry at other people, um, there's always the mirror because we have to remind ourselves that um, we're only getting angry at people for doing things that are similar to what we do anyway, right? Uh, and I still, I'm not on a pulpit here, right? Uh, I still get angry as well, but I have little devices that I can kick in where the left brain gets to kick in and go, they're people, okay? People are people, right? That's different than Soylent Green is people for my sci-fi friends, right? Um, and James is just looking straight ahead and staring so he doesn't get the reference. It's okay, right? Sometime I'll remind you right in the middle of a meal that we're having. Anyway, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Okay, so, uh, so same thing goes with motivation, right? I'm looking for somebody outside me, right? Sensei, I need you to motivate me. Just be, what am I supposed to do? Tell you, do it or else. Do it or, uh, you know, you can't be my student anymore or whatever, right? Um, I, I, what, what kind of motivation is somebody looking for, right? Because, you know, you can fake it in the dojo, and then do whatever the hell you're going to do once you leave the dojo, right? So either the thing that you say you want is important enough to have or cool enough to have or valuable enough to have, or it isn't, right? But that's where these systems, right? That's where Mikio and how and why it was developed, all these things, right? It's to counteract the human being's natural tendency to come to rest, and sleep and death are the ultimate rests, right? So, and it's and science is proven. You lay around long enough, right? You're more tired than people that have worked their ass off all day long, right? And you're more tired longer because your body is actually getting lethargic. It's actually compressing on itself and muscles are atrophying and all that. So eventually it just becomes harder and harder to do anything, right? So anyway, um, so there's this, there's this idea, right? This, this, the, the average person needs to be motivated or threatened, right? There's the, uh, there's certain things you just, you can't have, right? I want the ability to float and hover around. Well, great. Get in the helicopter, 
Okay. No, no, no. I want to be able to do it on my own. Okay. Well, figure it out. Okay. Suck in a whole bunch of helium until you die, but you're full of this gas, right? Some part of you will float around, whatever, right? Um, but there's certain things that, right? Uh, you know, uh, as my teacher, my uh, Miko teacher uh, used to uh, say when he was teaching beginners, right? He would say, you know, there's got to be a better way to come into this world than being squeezed to, <laughs> he used to say, being squeezed through the cookie tube of life, right? And then this air, right, hits fresh lungs, right, that have been processing fluid for nine months, right? And there's this burning sensation and all that, which causes, you know, discomfort and screaming and whatnot. It's got to be a better way, right? Yeah. There isn't. Right? Yeah, well, you know, C-sections, right? Yeah, but there's, a, there's something that happens to the person in a normal birthing kind of thing, right? But now you're going to be cutting into mom, right? So you got that. That doesn't take away from the... That from the air hitting the lungs or the smack on the ass to make sure that your impulses are working and whatnot, right? It doesn't take that away. So there's got to be a better way. Well, sorry, right? Um, there's got to be a better way to go out of life, right, than to be disoriented and to start losing body functions and the body start, the system start breaking down and there's pain and discomfort and confusion and whatnot, Right. Right? Or the body gets crushed or in some way mangled or damaged or whatever, right? Sorry, right? So, but if we can come to, to grips with the fact that things are a certain way, then we can start to recognize, right, that some of us that sound cold and indifferent, like, you know, when I say, whoever said you had to like it, whoever said that you needed to be motivated to do the damn dishes before the dishes could get done. Right? What do I feel like? Who cares? Right? Do the dishes need to be done? Are you available? Right? The amount of the amount of pain and time and and work that people put into avoiding that which can't be avoided. Right? It's just amazing to me. I watched it in the military. Okay? I watched it. <laughs> Shit. It's it's just amazing to me, right? Uh, the amount of work that people put into not training amazes me. The amount of stuff that they're actually doing during the time frame that they could be training, it's amazing. And I don't care if it's mental work, physical work, I don't care what it is. It's amazing. Right? So, uh, but again, you know, there's certain things that can't be avoided. Right? There's certain things that shouldn't be avoided. Right? But what I thought I'd do during this uh, session, and I don't want to like belabor things too much, right? Is I want to I want to focus on uh, the ninja sanmitsu, right? Triple secrets of success, because the answer for the whole getting motivated, right? And again, you know, we talked about the teacher, right? teacher motivating you there's stories in you know, Buddhist scripture and things like that or you know uh, even in our martial art of teachers motivating their students but they didn't use the word motivation they use words like slapped him in the side of the head with a sandal 
or <laughs> whatever, right? Kicked his ass all over the floor. But did, was a student really motivating this? Or was a teacher really motivating the student? Because the student could have gotten up and taken off. But maybe, just maybe, what motivated the student was the fear that if they left, they wouldn't be able to get the training. Or the teacher wouldn't let them come back after they had their little tantrum. Or uh, the fear that if I don't get these skills, I'm going to get my ass handed to me. Right. Or a sword in the wrong place or whatever. Right. Maybe it wasn't the teacher doing the motivating. It still goes back to the student. It still goes back to the person being motivated. Right. Maybe. I don't know. Right. I just I don't believe that I can motivate students. I can inspire students by telling stories or by showing skill sets or by pointing out, you know, watch this video with Hudson today. Check that out. Right. Did you even know that was possible? Wow, no. But only for students looking for that kind of thing, right? And the reality is we can only be motivated in directions that we're actually going to go anyway. Right? There's a song by the Eagles, um, uh, Your Lion Eyes. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's that song. Is it Your Lion Eyes? Anyway, it's about, um, uh, or maybe it's the desert one. Anyway, sorry. I, I love the Eagles, but... All their lyrics are not stuck in, in one given place, right? So, but it's about uh, a woman supposedly manipulating, but she can't get you to do anything. Or she can't lead you anywhere. You don't already know how to go. Do you know, maybe some of you know the lyrics or whatever. It doesn't really matter. The, the point is, like, you can't con an honest person, right? You don't have to motivate a disciplined person, right? All those kind of things, right? Because... It's not needed. An external impetus is not needed, right? The reason why you can't con, a, a, con a, a, an honest man or an honest person is because honest people know that there's a process to get what they need, and they're not looking for shortcuts. They're not looking for a huge windfall off a little bit of effort, right? The con person, con man, con woman, whatever, knows that if they find somebody that's a good mark, that's greedy and, and want more, right, um, for less, right, that they're, that's a prime target, okay? But the person who's been conned, the person who's been ripped off, what they're, they're an accomplice to their own deception. Because if they didn't want the shortcut, if they didn't want the freebie, if they didn't want the free ride for nothing, it, all those kind of... You can't rip them off. Right? You can't you can't manipulate them. Okay? You can't distract a disciplined person because it doesn't matter what they feel like, right? Hey, dude, we're going bowling, right? You love bowling. Come on out, man. Take a break, right? No, if this doesn't get done, then that thing's going to take longer. So let me get this finished, right? If you guys are going bowling next week, I'll go next week, okay? But... Right now, I got to get this finished. Okay, and then you know, there's the there's the name calling and the you know making fun of and all those kind of things, right? So, uh, and I don't I, I don't care what motivates, right? Uh, just like one my one teacher is a former Marine. Uh, he used to say there's two ways to get respect. One is through fear, and one is through admiration. 
And then he would pause and he'd look at you and go, I'll take what I can get. Right. Motivation is the same way. We can be motivated by passion or we can be motivated by fear. Take what you can get. Okay. And but only if you're looking for motivation. Right. On the uh, 13 Buddhism Bodhisattvas, um, I don't have this thing here. Uh, but if you look it up, right, if you look up uh, graphics, right, or images on a Google search, right, and you look for the sadhana of the 13 Buddhas and Bodhisattvas or just the 13 Buddhas uh, in uh, Mikyo or whatever, right, you'll see, see these different mandala and whatnot, right? That, that was actually the precursor before, for those of you who are going through the, the Mikyo training with me, right, this 13 Buddhas and Bodhisattvas was the precursor before the Taizokai mandala that has nine Buddhas, right? So we go from 13 Buddhas and Bodhisattvas down to nine primary and a couple of secondary and whatnot. And then that was further synthesized down into what's on the Kongokai with the five, right? The five Buddha families, which is what they kind of settled on, right? But the, the 13 Buddhas and Bodhisattvas is a path, right? It's a path. It's, you know, people want to know which one to pray to or whatever. It's a path. It's a graphic. It's like a map. I know there are images of, of, of human-looking uh, people, right? But it's a path, right? And so, like, the very first one is this character called Fudomyo, right? And if you don't know what that guy is, just look at the graphic again that I put up, you know, and I'll put it up again, right? Uh, sorry, if you're on the audio things, you can just look up Fudomyo or Fudo uh, Mikyo, right? Fudomyo, F-U-D-O hyphen M-Y-O hyphen... O-H. It, Mio could all be, also be spelled M-O-U hyphen O-H, right? It's one of the light kings, right? Uh, Fudo means immovable, right? Um, here's this character in the background, right, behind me, right? Um, I thought the picture of me wearing the, uh, the sweatshirt that says underestimate me, that'll be fun, um, was really good too because, um, you know, you've, you've got to have that, that fire, right, to, to, Get things done, but I don't care if the fire is being produced again by passion or by fear, right? But Fudomyo, right? Um, let me get this thing back off of here, right? Uh, he's the first character on the on the on the path, right? Of these thirteen characters, and usually what you'll see is they're they're kind of laid out in a serpentine fashion, right? They go up to this thing. It's almost like they're standing on a mountain path, right? I do have another mandala where they're laid out in a very geographic or not geographical, geometric kind of pattern, right? What's important is that you understand the order that they go in, right? So in this case, on this on this mandala, Fudo is neither Buddha nor Bodhisattva, right? So Buddha is a, is a mental state. Esoterically, they're an enlightened being. A Bodhisattva is could be seen as the equivalent of a saint. Right. So there's somebody like a teacher, a guide, mentor or whatever. But in Mikyo, a Buddha is a mental state and a Bodhisattva. Right. Are the activities that come out of that could be compassion, could be wisdom, could be whatever. Right. It's how it's how that that enlightenment is expressed. Right. But on this thing, Fudomyo is not a Buddha or a Bodhisattva. Fudomyo represents the world. It represents a moment in time, right? So he's surrounded by flames. He's got a sword, fangs, right? This rope, 
uh, all this kind of stuff, right? He's got this resolute look. He's got this like, squinty kind of glare that's happening and whatnot, right? Surrounded by flames. Well, he's not really surrounded by flames. If you read the sutra, the, the teachings, um, the flames are crackling off his skin from inside, right? He's not on fire. He is expelling fire, right? It's that passion that's just, it's more than bubbling to the surface. It's exploding forth, right? So, but what, what Fudo represents on this, on this path <clears throat> is us bumping into the world in a way that wakes us up. Could be painful, could be insightful, whatever, but it's one of those what the hell just happened moments. Okay? So we're going along and our bullshit, you know, programming is doing its thing and then all of a sudden it's not. Right? Things are supposed to happen this way and they're not, right? So that could piss us off, right? Well, like, I, I would have been successful. I, I would have done that thing if this other thing wouldn't have happened. Yeah, but it didn't, right? So what did that show you? Well, it showed you that you didn't have a plan B and you're not adaptive, right? <clears throat> it could uh, inspire you. It could whatever, right? Um, think about the first time you saw a teacher or somebody in the martial arts doing this thing and you went, oh, I want to do that. That would be so cool. Or whatever, right? Somebody caught a really big fish or whatever, right? And you, you had that moment of, right? <clears throat> or you had a moment where shit happened and you had this moment where, like, where the hell did that come from? Why did that, how did that even happen, right? And so what you might do is you might go and start to talk to people. Like, tell them your story, right? Some people will have their little thing and some people look at you like you're freaking retarded or uh, crazy or whatever, right? But the second character on this path, right, is actually Siddhartha Gautama, right? Uh, Shakyamuni Buddha, right? The historical Buddha. But it's not about Shakyamuni Buddha any more than Fudo was about this flaming guy that's going to run at you like the human torch, right? Shakyamuni Buddha represents a teacher who understands why and how this thing happened or martial arts teacher that understands, you know, what you need to get from here to here, right, to be able to have the kind of skills or to be able to survive certain things or whatever. They're, they're the ones who know. So you go to them and they share with you something that's the represented by the next character, right, which is transcendental wisdom. Transcendental wisdom doesn't have to be woo-woo stuff. Transcendental means it's something beyond your experience and you have to transcend the level that you're at to get to that. Okay. You have to, you have to do something different, right? So teacher's going to give you lessons and, and outline this stuff. But at any moment, right? If you've ever watched the movie, the matrix, right? That's my biggest analogy. You can, you have the choice of doing, pulling a red pill or a blue pill moment, right? You can either take the pill and carry on and try to figure things out or take the other pill and, as Morpheus said, go back to sleep, wake up tomorrow morning and tell yourself whatever you want, okay? Whatever it's going to take to make you feel okay about it, right? It's same, same kind of stories we tell ourselves every time we fall short of doing something we know we're supposed to do. We don't practice when we know we should, Right? We don't eat right when we know we should. We, whatever, right? It's 
right? You, you end up, this is where cognitive dissonance comes in, right? You end up telling yourself whatever story you need to tell so the ego can reconcile the difference between the two, between that disconnect, so that the opposing viewpoint or the opposing thing just falls away. And now we just don't think about it, right? So <clears throat> happens all the time. But the next character, right, on this path is Jizo. Jizo. Chidigarba, right? If you want to try to say that in Sanskrit, right? Uh, Jizo. It's just easier. It's Japanese, right? Jizo is this bald guy, right, in robes and has this big staff with six rings on it and whatnot. He's just dressed as a, as a monk, right? But what Jizo represents is discipline, right? Because it's going to take discipline to walk the path. Right. To work through this transcendental wisdom to understand how things really work. Not the way people tell you it works. Right. Because if you're following the masses, then you're going to get stuck in mass delusion. Right. And there'll be lots of people that are tell that will tell you that whatever you're doing is OK. But, you know, sometimes you need to take a rest. Sometimes it, I, I snap at my team sometimes where, you know, they'll, they'll somebody will make this statement because I'll say, man, Freaking fell asleep early last night, woke up with like 22 pages of like some letter, right, <laughs> on the word processor that I was working on or whatever. Thank God that I can do a copy and delete kind of thing instead of having to just backspace the whole time like we would have had to do with typewriters or whatever, right? Um, <clears throat> so I'll, I'll make this statement. And they'll go, well, it's okay. I mean, you know, maybe it's just your body's, um, uh, you know, signal that you, you were tired, right? You needed the extra rest. I know what the hell it is, right? I know that it was my body's thing. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to be pissed off that my project got delayed for an extra day. I mean, I get it. I'd be like, you know, somebody saying, uh, you know, go, going to their mom and saying, oh, mom, I, I did this thing. It was really cool. And she goes, oh, that's really nice, honey. But, you know, no matter what, I love you anyway. Thanks, mom. I appreciate it. But um, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to accomplish this thing. Can you imagine if everybody stopped when mom said or honey said or whoever said, it's okay. I mean, you know, I love you just the way you are. You probably wouldn't be listening to me on whatever device you're listening on or watching me on a platform called YouTube right on a laptop or phone or whatever because those people wouldn't have stuck it out to invent the things that we all take for granted because you know whether they invent it or not mom loves them anyway well that's all great what about you what are you driven to do right but other people have said it was like well you know it's okay i mean you know the motivation will come oh great great so I'll only do my only wash my underwear when the mood catches me just right. I'll only feed myself when I just mm. okay. Anyway, um, so I saw some people checking in and whatnot. Uh, was that Jimmy Ortiz that just buzzed through and uh, uh, said something? Fantastic. Hi, Jimmy. Um, okay, so uh, for those of you who I don't want to keep beating the dead horse here, right? Um, the, the, my main point is if we're being lulled along and we're being motivated 
by the same things that motiv motivate everyone else, then we're going to get the same results that everybody else gets. Okay. And naturally what motivates human beings is feel good things. I'm going to do that. Right. Um, even if it's just laying on the couch, eating bonbons, watching TV. Right. There's some kind of payoff in that. Right. Or we're going to be motivated to haul our asses away from things that are um, uncomfortable. Right. I really don't want to be like doing the dishes. Really don't want to have to be. Okay. And. Okay. Nobody ever said you had to like it. Right. Do you want the cool benefits that this, that doing this thing will provide? Because this thing is only a cog in the machine. It's only a lever or a pulley or a piece of the process. Right. So. Uh, but I'm going back to the Buddhism Bodhisattvas thing. Okay. I'm here to tell you that, um, like it was one of the earliest lessons I ever got. I had to master this thing, right? Recognize that it was a path. Okay. Because it's not presented that way. Right. I had to have this insightful breakthrough. But nowhere on that path, nowhere in those 13 characters is motivation embodied. Nowhere. Okay. Now, there's the concepts of the concept of being motivated to act, inspired to act or whatever, but it's because compassion occurs, empathy occurs, discipline is, is uh, created, right? Those kind of things, but not because of some external thing or some whim or Tinkerbell comes flying through and sprinkles pixie dust and now suddenly you've got the capabilities you wanted or whatever, right? Um, anyway, so uh, let's take a look at this idea of this uh, Sanmitsu, right? Thought, word, and deed. Uh, and I know we've touched on this in prior episodes. Uh, not everybody that's on uh, may have picked up on those. Uh, but the Sanmitsu, the triple secrets, triple secrets of, of success, comes out of our Mikyo. It's a huge thing in Nijutsu. Not just the Budo or Ninpo Taijutsu. Well, it is in Ninpo Taijutsu. Not in Budo Taijutsu because it's an esoteric concept, right? So it's one of those things that a lot of people will have just chopped off with the two-thirds of the art that they don't want to have to look at, right? But the Sanmitsu is about this idea of thought, word, and deed. But thought isn't just it, – it's not, it's not what most people think of as thought, Right? The thought in thought, word, and deed are subconscious beliefs, perceptions, programming, wiring, that kind of thing, right? It, can, it leads to the thoughts we have, but the thoughts that we have, words, pictures, plans, those kind of things, really belong to word, okay? Word, right? No. Um, <laughs> so, but word isn't, isn't just about the spoken word, right? It's how we communicate, how we use words, right? It has to do with planning, communication, those kind of things, right? How we formulate words, right? Uh, and it, they could be internal. They could be external, right? We could actually sound it out, right? Or we could be thinking it inside, okay? And then deed, of course, is action, right? It's the things that we do in the world, right? So uh, what I wanted to do was kind of take a look at some things that can get in the way and some tips for for doing things that will cause and I, 
I'll use the word motivation because everybody's using the word motivation, right? But don't be surprised if you don't feel motivated the way you might think, right? Most people think of motivation like, ooh, man, yeah, let's go. Like, they're, you know, the cheerleaders are singing or, you know, screaming or the team's all high-fiving each other. Um, you know, be careful with the whole team high-fiving each other because usually what teams are um, is uh, a couple of champions who don't need, right? Uh, I mean, they need the team, right? But they don't need the team to be working out for them to work out. They don't need the team to be practicing for them to be practicing, right? They don't need the coach to be doing motivational speeches because they're already tuned, right? But the rest of the team is there because there's a, a paycheck. They don't want to do a regular uh, job or, um, you know, they're, they're in a group of people who everybody has said this. I'll go if you go or I'll do it if you do it. Right. But not one of them would stay standing. If the shit hit the fan. Right. Because they don't go running there. There isn't a rock in the in the group. Okay. Which is why the superstars, the champions, um, one, rise to leadership positions in their team, right? Because they're micromanaging things and managing things that nobody else wants to do, but everybody else depends on, right? And they're the ones who aren't broke, bankrupt, or broken as people after their, their short stint as a movie star, uh, athlete, whatever is gone. Right. They were prepping for retirement from that thing while they were still doing it. OK, so, uh, you know, just like uh, in the military. Right. We start prepping for retirement before we're out on our ass in the civilian world. Otherwise, <laughs> things take time to get processed and all that. And you start getting your retirement pay and all that. Right. So whatever. All right, so um, here's here, here's a couple of things, and these come from uh, I think in a previous episode we were talking about the Sanji Shichi Dobon, the 37 fundamentals leading to leading to enlightenment. We've talked about a couple of these things, right? Um, uh, and there are these different programs that we have, and, and I'm, I'm still trying to find a time slot where we can work on for people who are interested doing like a 10 week uh, course or whatever for this uh, 37 fundamentals kind of thing. Um, for anybody that's interested in, in that kind of thing, right? Um, but most of that, I got to tell you, most of that, it, it really isn't for everybody. Most of that is clearing out the shit. It's getting your house in order. It's taking care of things and being mindful of things that seem mundane, but make all the difference in the world, right? It's doing the shit nobody else wants to do. And that's why those people are successful. It's also why they're resented by the other 99% who won't do the, the hard work, right? Because the 99% want to believe that the 1% got there because they screwed somebody over, they conned somebody, they ripped somebody off, uh, they had a silver, they were born with a silver spoon in their mouth, and so they were just handed this stuff or whatever. Um, nobody wants to look at the fact that, well, Hatsumi says they said it, right? He is where he is or... You know, he's in a wheelchair now, but that's life, right? But, uh, you know, being where he, he was, right, 34th Grandmaster, da-da-da, right, um, because he spent 
at least three times more. And he talked about this from the perspective of champions, all successful people spend at least three times more in the way of time, effort, energy, money, resources, focus, attention, internal energy, and all that more than everybody else to get where they are. Right. But nobody wants to think about that. Right. Because they're fucking lazy. Right. Oh, maybe that'll be a YouTube ping on us anyway. But it's true. It's true. Okay. And, and the, the world, if you're willing to look, the world has plenty of examples, not just of people that rose from poverty to be this person that everybody wants to call an asshole, but lots of people who were born into wealth that as soon as dad or whoever was in charge passed away, they pissed away all the stuff that they got, right? Or went to jail or whatever, right? Because, right, they didn't have to do all the hard work to get there. It was handed to them. Most people that win the lottery are broke within five years of winning the lottery. They've got freaking mega millions and they're broke. Why? Because they didn't have any freaking money budgeting or money management skills before or impulse control skills before they won the millions. Whatever they did before they got the windfall, they were just going to do more of. Right. It's the same thing with lazy people. Give them time off. What are they going to do? More nothing. Okay. Great. Fantastic. Okay. But they have no end to the number of excuses or reasons why they're not where they are. Because ego's really good at making up for bullshit. Right. So anyway, um, so let's take a look at these, right? So the first thing, right? And again, this is about motivation. I've got some other notes here because, again, I, a lot of things I'm teaching are synthesized from lots of other lessons, right? From mentors that I learned from and, and all those kind of things, right? So, um, so let's, let's let's take a look at mind, and then we'll move to to some of these other things, right? A lot of these things are just going to be task kind of things. Because you need to set things up for the internal things, okay? But the first thing that we need to do is recognize that no one can motivate you. It's just a hard fact, right? And if you're waiting to be motivated before you act, then it's going to take you four, ten times, twenty times, fifty times longer to get something done than somebody who hates the fact that they have to do this thing, but they're working at it every time, right? The other thing is focus, right? Um, often people want, or the way we define success, right? Building the Taj Mahal, whatever. This is uh, this business coach. He's really, really successful as a business guy. Um, but he spent until he was like 37 years old running his dad's wine business, right, for no paycheck. Right. Well, his friends are making 200 grand a year. Uh, you're working in the stock market, selling insurance and all that kind of stuff. His name is Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Or Gary V. He's got a butt ton of books written and all that. Goes around and people list him as a motivational speaker. He's pretty harsh as a motivational speaker, which is probably why I like him a lot, right? Um, <laughs> so, um, but, uh, his, his big thing is, you have to be willing to do 
what practically no one else wants to do. Because right? if what everybody else was doing led to success, especially everybody around you, right, led to success, then you'd all be freaking successful. Okay? So we have to be willing to do what nobody else wants to do. Okay? Um, you need to change your friends. You need to change your circle. Okay? I have another mentor that says, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Okay? Um, look at your five closest friends and recognize that you're the average in that group. And if you're the leader in that group, well, then you're the inspiration for what everybody else is doing. Okay? In any group that I find myself in, any group, right? I never assume that I'm the smartest guy okay? or the most uh, active guy or whatever. And it's not because I settled in. It's because I most groups that I'm in, unless I found myself as the leader, like I run my school, uh, I started the business team, uh, the growth team that I have, right? So, yeah, I'm leading that group, right? Um, but I'm looking to start a bigger group and whatever, right? So um, if I'm the smartest guy in that group or the top guy in that group, I'm going to go find another group because I can't grow from that position. I'm not accountable to anyone. I'm not accountable to anything, right? I'm a coattail rider, whatever, okay? If I'm not moving, if I'm not solving challenges, I'm not growing, Okay. So we need a new group. That doesn't mean you drop everybody else or whatever, but you need to find a group that the motivation comes from the fear that they're going to drop you on your ass if you don't keep up or if you don't do the work that they're suggesting you do or you become an anchor or whatever, they're going to cut you loose. Okay. But they're also going to nurture you. And you're now in a group of people that know more about the thing that you want to master or that you want to be good at, right? Which is why we start, why we, you know, uh, enroll in dojo, right? We, we go to martial arts uh, academies, right? It's not just about the teacher. It's also about the, the senpai, right? The seniors, right? Because they're all going to nurture and help and, and whatnot, right? You're in a group of people that know more than you, Okay. And it's not just about the thing because they're going to, they're going to carry themselves a certain way. They're going to speak a certain way. They're going to make decisions a certain way. Everything about, right? It's not just the skills. It's not just about the step by step, right? Right. All my teachers, once I realized that if I just stood back and didn't just watch them demonstrate techniques on the floor, I listened to how they speak, right? I listened to how they described problems, challenges, and solutions. I, I, all those things, right? Um, man, that inspired me to be more like that. And it also, see, here's that attraction to positive and repulsion against negative, right? Uh, I've been to seminars that were not taught or run by my chosen role models, right? Um, but training was going on, right? So I went. And, man, I just was not used to that kind of thing because... Everybody was there for physical taijutsu training, 
But man, the way they describe themselves, their life and all that, holy shit. I don't know why they got up in the morning. I just, it was, it, it, it was, it was odd, right? So, um, let's see. Uh, I already talked about, um, oh, uh, here's a really good one, right? Be willing to fail, right? Unfortunately, growing up, uh, especially in a Western society with the way um, our academic system is, right? It's a pass or fail kind of system, right? It's not a learn from your failures kind of system. Because failures not only teach you how something doesn't work or the way you were doing it, right? But it it's not a finite kind of thing, right? If I fail, unless it kills me, right? I get to try it again, right? So a failure is an indicator that something is amiss. Just like when when we're ill, right? Something's amiss. So what's the doctor do? The doctor asks you what the symptoms are, diagnoses the problem so they can prescribe the proper medication. So if I look at a failure from the perspective of, okay, what's off? What's missing? What I have not enough of, too much of, whatever, okay? Make certain little things because sometimes the doctor has to do this, right? Okay, but it could be this, this, or this. Let's start here. I'm going to prescribe this. This is a broad-based antibiotic or whatever, right? This should kill most of what's ailing you. And if it doesn't, come back in 10 days. We'll take a look at it, right? And we'll, because the doctor can eliminate all the things that that antibiotic was supposed to handle, right? So now we're in a smaller box. We're in a small, right? So every time we fail at the same thing, right? I know and cause frustration because ego needs to be perfect today, right? Well, it makes me not be motivated. Really? Shit. That little. That took that little, right? How about if you stop and figure out why it failed, right? You ask the teacher. Everybody's more worried about the teacher catching them doing something wrong than hoping the teacher catches them doing something wrong so the teacher can come in and help them fix it. When Japan's open and I go to Japan for training, I don't go to Japan so I can be patted on the back and told how much I understand. I go to Japan to fill up a whole a bunch of freaking notebooks, right, with all the mistakes I'm making so I've got a butt ton of stuff to work on for the next six months or a year before I go back when I go home. That, to me, is worth $3,500 to $4,000. I don't need to pay that much money for airfare, uh, hotel, uh, guest house, whatever, food in a foreign land, dealing with freaking customs and immigration, all that kind of bullshit in the, in the process, and then sweating my ass off for classes for somebody to tell me, awesome. Well, shit. If I'm that good, why continue to go back unless I need my ego stroked? Well, you know, if you go back, you can get more rank. I don't need more rank. They're only going to charge me for it anyway. <laughs> I spend that money on some books for training, some other things that I'm doing, whatever, right? So, um, yeah, no, right? But be willing to fail. You've got to change your perspective to failing, right? And get out of your head that failing at something, right, somehow reflects on you as a person. And then you allow that to weaken your self-esteem, your own self-value.
Okay. Just, you got to get around that, right? Um, be authentic. Right? Another one is be authentic. Now, this will reflect in your words and your actions and all that, but be okay with being disliked. I'm not telling you to go out of your way to be disliked, but <laughs> well, be willing to fail because, you know, the, the other lesson to that is own your failures. They're the only things that are uniquely yours. You can fail all by yourself, but to be successful, you probably need to help from other people, even if they're just the people that built the tools or, or created the tools that you bought at the store or whatever. Right. Otherwise, you're going to be a monkey uh, making your own tools before you can fish the termites out of the hole. Right? Um, anyway, so be authentic. Right. Be OK with being authentic. Right. Um, if your actions are always fear driven, if you're worried about somebody not liking you, honey, being unhappy, whatever, if you take these actions to become the best version of you that you can be. You're never going to get there. OK, because. Now it's not a balancing act of value for value. Baby, I'm going to this seminar. I'm going, for, I'm going to Japan for two weeks or whatever, but I booked this week or this weekend or whatever. Or why don't you go hang out, you know, with your friend? Uh, you like to go to Salem, Massachusetts. So, you know, whatever, right? It's a trade off, right? Um, or you're always welcome to come along. Okay. I've planned out some places, some cool places and whatnot that we can go uh, when I'm not training or, you know, you can go hang out whatever. Okay. So, um, and be a problem solver, right? Welcome challenges, be a problem solver, right? If you're not facing challenges, you're not growing. If you're not facing challenges, you're not doing anything. Okay. I also believe that if people aren't unhappy with you, you're not doing enough either because not everyone's going to like what you're doing. If everybody likes what you're doing, then you're hanging out in a hole. You're hanging out with this tiny little group doing nothing or doing the same thing you do every day. Right? So, uh, let's see. We'll stay with the mind thing, right? Um, read more often or watch documentaries or whatever. Feed your brain. Okay? That helps to generate ideas. One of the things that kills momentum, kills, there's that word again, motivation, all those kind of things, is we can't think of anything new. We feel like everything's just the same shit over and over again. Okay. Uh, let's see. Um, again, a lot of these things are going to sound like doing things, but they're always coming back to this thing up here, right? Um So, again, these are action things, but, right? Um, reach up for new friends, right? Preferably people that are on the same path as you, which is why the dojo family is always a really cool thing because you're hanging out with like-minded people that are heading in the same direction, right? Contrary to that, right? We want to avo avoid those, uh, who are negative, right? Cause that will suck the life right out of you, right? And avoid those, uh, people who won't assume responsibility. Okay. There was an old saying from way, way back. Uh, it's hard to fly with eagles when you're uh, hanging out with turkeys. Right. So uh, let's see. Uh, make quality time for uh, family, for hobbies, 
for things that really do it for you and make you feel more vibrant, right? If it's the outdoors, find time, even if it's 15, 20 minute walks, even if it's just going out in a tree line and sitting down and feeling the grass or, you know, leaning up against a tree and just closing your eyes and feeling the breeze or whatever, whatever it is for you, right? Uh, do more of that. Unless it's watching the 57th rerun of the same TV show that uh, gets you every time, right? Um, let's see. Uh, plan it. Schedule short breaks for yourself, right? Allow yourself to recharge, those kind of things, right? Uh, meditate and breathe. Okay? Nurture, it quiets the mind, nurtures the mind. Breathing, right? Keeps the oxygen saturation in your body up and clears out negative gases, okay? So that you're not... The physical state of your body and your mind isn't causing negative personality traits to bubble to the surface. All right. James, have I covered anything in class or along the way that you think might fit at the moment? Um, What's working for you these days? What's that? What's working for you these days? Besides me saying, hey, can you take care of this? <laughs> I don't want to work in this place no more. <laughs> That'll get me. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing you always have to remember, uh, your why for doing things. Uh, don't forget uh, your purpose behind what you're going for, not just the path you're on, but what you're trying to achieve, what your goals are. Uh, where you've come from, and then keep an eye on where you're going. Um. Yeah, there's there's that. Remember that uh, we want to chase after pleasure, and we want to run away from pain. That's a natural impulse, right? So you can use these things, just like you can use cognitive dissonance. You can use conscious bias, whatever. You can use this natural thing. You just need to tune your mind to the thing that you want, right? And even if... A lot of people have a hard time being able to define what they want. But if they if, walk around with a freaking voice recorder for a day, listen to yourself bitch and complain, write those things down, and then write down the opposite of each of those things because you must want the opposite from this thing that whatever, right? So if we can keep our brain tuned to the thing we want and run away from the freaking dragons that are on our ass, right, or being able to handle those things, then you at least have a, a partial roadmap, right? So, um, yeah, it's just yeah. people are motivated. At, and again, what, like when we did when, uh, in the life purpose discovery process, right? Um, the the main premise is written out probably in the first two or three paragraphs, right? That it's about living intentionally rather than living accidentally. Okay, just like. You don't have to learn the skill of being able to put yourself to sleep. Okay? Most people, when they try to put themselves to sleep, they overactivate their brain and they stay awake longer. Like, my wife can't do this, right? If I tell my wife I'm going to sleep, she knows that within a minute, two minutes, I'm, I'm out. I'm, I'm asleep, okay? Because I understand how to work the body and the mind and just let things go and just go to sleep, right? Uh, but people tend to do things accidentally, right? 
and as the old adage goes, and most of you young bucks don't don't know how this works because you have only ever seen digital clocks. But when it came to analog clocks and things that needed a battery to run or uh, you had to wind them up or whatever, right? Um, we used to say that a broken clock is right twice a day. Even a broken clock is right twice a day. So if a clock stopped running at 227, right, and it's a 12-hour dial, right? It's not a 24-hour clock or whatever. It's a 12-hour dial, right? It will be 227 twice a day, but not because the clock was keeping time, okay? So same thing, right? The average person is motivated at least twice in any given situation. When they really, really, really want something, they will go to all ends to get that thing, right? Whether it's trying to convince other people to get it for them or whatever, right? So when they really, really, really want something and when they really, really, really want to get away from something, Think marriage and divorce. Think, uh, I want that car, but shit, now the gas is expensive and I got to pay my insurance bill, right? I really, really, really want that house. Damn, there's a lot of stuff that has to be fixed over the years for upkeep of this damn thing. Whatever, right? Okay, but they come as a package. The enlightened person understands they come as a package. So instead of focusing on all the good stuff during the little analysis or assessment as to whether I'm going to do it or not, I have to take a look at all the, what's all the bad things? Because ego wants to go, when when we want something, ego will go, yeah, there are no bad things. This is all good. It's going to be so cool. And when we want out of something, we won't pay attention to all the good stuff that's happened or all the benefits that I'm getting or whatever. And we won't see those until, you know, after we quit our job, but we didn't have the foresight to get another one before we jump ship. We let our Emotions rue the day. And so, you know, now we're without a paycheck for three months, five months, whatever. But, you know, there's welfare, so it's not that bad. I just need to wait for a couple extra weeks and bitch and complain because they have a waiting period or uh, whatever. Right. Can't those people hurry it up. Right. I need money. Should have prepared for a different job before you got pissed off and stormed out of the place and just quit. But. You live, you learn. Sometimes. Right? <laughs> anyway, all right. So uh, let's go to right speech. Okay, so right speech has to do with planning, uh, you know, getting the thoughts out of your head, those kind of things, right? But let's start with speech. Okay? Start speaking and describing things differently. Right. So it's going to start in the mind and then it comes out. Right. Catch yourself. Bitching, moaning, pissing, crying, whatever you want to call it. Right. Catch the negative thoughts before they become negative speech. It's bad enough when they're in here. Most people think, you know, well, it doesn't matter what I think, because as long as I don't say it, it doesn't count. Yeah, it does. Because it it's an indicator as to what's going on inside your head. And two, right, um, that's forming your reality, right? So uh, don't speak badly about yourself, right? Um, a, this is a thought speech thing, right? Assume that there are no limits to your abilities until proven otherwise. 
when I say proven, I mean you've tried it for tried accomplishing the same thing for five, ten years. Okay? This is not like, well, it's okay, Johnny. At least you gave it a try. Screw you. Okay? There was no try. I did things. Right? Didn't work out. Why didn't it work out? Well, I tried to cheat the system over here. I cut out steps 7, 11, and 21, right? And maybe one or all three of those are important. I should probably put them back in. Whatever, right? Um, uh, write out a daily plan. There's something, not only therapeutic, but there's something motivating about accomplishing goals, even small tasks, right? Instead of writing on the, on the, the, the gut feeling, right? I think you guys all know by now, if you've been following me for a while, one of the things that pisses me off is when people use the word feel where the word think belongs. It just irritates the shit out of me, right? Because if they're really being led along by their feelings, then they're being led along by, I'm only going to do what feels good and I'm not going to do what, what feels bad, in which case they're operating like an infant and not an adult. Right? So um, write out a daily plan, right? Um, I was a little irritated because when I packed up at the dojo, I spent the day um, editing video and all that kind of stuff, and I had my little planner out, and every time I accomplished something, right? Morning email check, afternoon email check, read my affirmations, uh, all that kind of stuff, right? As I did them, I whip open my book and check it off because it's on my planner. It's on my daily planner. Right page has goals, uh, quote of the day, um, long-term goals, uh, lines for successes, those kind of things, right? And then as I get something done, I check it off, right? There's something exhilarating, motivating about planning something and being able to check things off. Yep, got it. Yep, done. Yep, done. Yep, done. Okay? So write out a daily plan, right? In your daily plan, make sure you, at least, you have at least an hour or two of unscheduled time. And the reason for that is the rule of time management is your task will take 120% of the time that you planned for. So 20% more time than you planned for, right, which is what causes me to do two things. One, I set the amount of time that I plan to get something done shorter, right, because I'm going to try to get done in the shortest amount of time possible, knowing that it might take more. But if I give myself the afternoon to get it done, it's going to take the afternoon and half the evening. Okay? If I give myself a week to get it done, it's going to take a week and a couple of days. Okay? If I give myself 15 minutes to get it done, it's going to take 20 minutes to a half an hour. Just a rule of time management. Shit comes up, right? But one of the things that constantly derails us is shit coming up. So if I plan in an hour to two hours of unscheduled time, I schedule in a buffer for time management overruns and Hey, can you take care of this for me? Like, um, the house isn't burning down or anything, but I would, I really need to, you know, whatever, right? Or the kid runs in because his finger's broken and bent backwards or, you know, whatever, right? You wire in some buffer time. Okay. So, uh, so there's that. Um, let's see. Tell everybody that you can tell what your goals are. 
There is a uh, law. It's in neurolinguistic programming. It's in neuropsychology. It's in um, it's it's all over the place, right? Um, it's one of the laws of influence. It's the law that says, and it's because we're wired as a social creature, and there's a bunch of these other triggers. So the more of these triggers you can know about, as a mental kind of thing, right? The more of these things you can learn about and apply to yourself, right? The harder it is to be staying where you are or moving backwards because you're working these influence triggers, right? And that is, it's impossible or nearly impossible to do something, to not do something in private that you said you would do publicly. <clears throat> so tell everybody, okay? It will trigger you out of fear, out of all kinds of things, right? All these things that we don't want to think about, it will trigger you to get things done because you know that some of those people that you tell will make fun of you, will insult you, will condemn you, will tell you that they love you anyway. There's all these things that they will do, right, that you don't want to hear. So you increase your likelihood of getting it done because of social pressure, peer pressure, those kind of things, right? But the other thing that it does is it increases your chances of finding people who will either connect you with other people or things that um, you need to be successful, right, <clears throat> or will offer to actually help. Okay. So put it out in the world, right? From a Mikio standpoint, we're putting it out in the world, right? And making it real. We're taking it from inside. Um, word is the bridge between the internal world and the external world. So when you create vibrations, right, you're, you're making it real in some sense, right? But tell people, right? Um, I do positive affirmations all the time, right? So, uh, this goes along with the Mikio thing, and this is actually one of the, one of the activities for enlightenment, which is uh, using the power of speech, right? Say the things that you need to hear, right? Meditation, visualization meditation, is creating the images and things in your mind that you need to see, right? Going out and doing things that really do it for you, right? Um, is physically putting yourself into an experience that you need to see, right? Make sure that you see the things you need to see. Successful uh, people, right? Uh, happy people, those kind of things, right? Making yourself a vision board that has symbols and, and whatnot of whatever, right? Um, yours might have a black belt on it. It might have, um, it might have a picture of different, um, teachers that you want to go and train with. Um, it might have, who knows? It might have other objects of success, right? A car you've always wanted, um, uh, you know, a, a, monetary amount or whatever, because you want to be making that much a year, whatever, because it puts something in front of you that whether you're actually looking at it, right, and doing a left brain kind of thing, or you're doing work and your eyes are always on, your peripheral vision's always on, subconsciously it's getting in, right? Um, <clears throat> I haven't done this in a long time, and I just started thinking about that, uh, this over the weekend, right, um, that I need to rebuild a vision Board. I haven't had one in a long time, right? Um, it's kind of a next step for me um, because deep down I know I should, right? I need to create the, the, I need to put myself in front of the things I need to see. I need to, even if I, if, if I'm around a bunch of people that do nothing but 
you know, nag or whatever, and I can't get away from the negativity, I can go to a quiet place and do positive affirmations. I can, I can say positive things. Uh, I can watch comedy movies. So I'm laughing. Those kind of things, right? Which, which, uh, releases, uh, you know, uh, adrenaline and epinephrine and, and dopamine and stuff like that, right? Which are your happy drugs, right? You won't have to go spend money on other ones because you're going to release the things that your brain naturally, uh, creates, right? Um, write a daily plan. Da, 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 da. Be honest with everyone, right? Especially yourself, right? Stop telling bullshit stories, right? Be authentic, right? This goes back to that, but now we're, we're talking about speaking, right? Um, yeah, so that's good, all right? So, uh, on a, on a physical level, right? Task wise or, uh, you know, the deed part, right? The action part, right? Um, always do more than, than what's expected, right? Um, work on your goals every day, okay? But here's the thing, and this ties in with the mind. Right. You only have to shoot to be one percent better today than you were yesterday. One percent better tomorrow than you were today. Right. But people look at that and they go, yeah, one percent. That's not very much. Okay. so what's uh, James? Let's do some math, shall we? Okay. I'm going to wake James up. <laughs> you are awake, right? You're just sitting perfectly still. I thought my screen was, my screen was frozen. So, um, what's one percent of one dollar? One cent. Sure. It's, it's one cent, right? So now, how much money do I have? A dollar one, right? A dollar one. Okay. So, when I do one percent better tomorrow. Am I doing one cent better or am I doing one and one tenth of a cent? Do you see what I'm doing? Okay. So in the course of 10 days, I will be 10%, well, give or take, right? Um, but the, the percentage, it's like if you have money in the bank and you're getting an interest, right? You're, get, you're collecting interest because it's in savings, right? The interest is on what's there. Okay. So if I put, 500 bucks, well, let's keep it simple for everybody. I put $100 in, right? And I don't know where you're going to get this, but, okay, because running a business is way better than a savings plan. But anyway, um, let's say I make a 10% interest, right? And so when the interest is paid out, right, in 30, 60, 90 days, whatever your plan is like, right, what I'm going to, what I'm going to have is the bank is going to deposit 10 bucks in my account. So now I have $110. If I don't add anything more to it and it just sits there on the next bout around, right? I'm going to get $11. Cause the bank's not just paying me interest on the hundred I deposited. They're paying me on the 110 that's now there. And that's going to, okay. So 1% better every day than you were the day before. Over time, that 1% isn't a penny anymore, right? It's the same number. It's the same percentage. But the outcome is not the same, 
right? Which is why in the in the workbooks that we have for students, right? Uh, I have a video coming out that's going to kind of walk you through kind of one of these workbooks and whatnot. Um, in the module two workbook, my my uh, close students know this. In the module two workbook, there's a worksheet at the back, right? It's a uh, flexibility progress chart. And again, it's subjective, but you're making it, you know, did I go plus, minus, whatever? Did I go farther than I did the day before? Did I go the same? Did I go less? Whatever, right? So you start to track some of these things, right? But the point is doing it and trying to go just a little bit more than you did the day before. And what you're doing a month later, what you're doing six months later, a year later, whatever, is way more right, than what you were doing before, but it's still only 1%. Yeah, well, if 1% does that, I'm going to do 10%. Well, chill out, buckaroo, right? Don't jump on something just because it sounds good and you think you're going to get there faster. Okay? Uh, I was following a fitness expert a long time ago. His name was Covert Bailey. I thought it was really, really cool because I was studying ninjutsu, right? So covert, get it? Okay. So anyway, a cool name. He was a, a graduate of MIT. Um, he called himself a nutritional fitness specialist. He said that because that was easier than what his degree made him, which was a human biochemist uh, scientist, right? So the hell, right? But anyway, he, he was really, really good at taking these – internal chemistry, biology, all those kind of things, and, and making it easy for you and I to understand, right? And so uh, I remember this one part in this one book that he had where he listed out all these exercises and, you know, how much time it took to get the same benefit as, right? So what he based it on was like a 20-minute jog, right? You're going to burn the same amount of calories, right, or whatever, right? So you could lift weights for this long. You could walk. Right. So for a 20 minute jog, you had to walk for like 50 minutes to an hour or something like that. Right. Uh, but you only had to do like nine minutes of jumping jacks, you know, whatever. Right. A whole list. Right. And then he said, people always ask. Right. So so I want I want to do the jumping jacks. Right. Because because, you know, nine minutes. Right. If you ever tried to do nine minutes of jumping jacks. Right. You got to be pretty fit to do nine minutes of jumping jacks. Kind of like holding a plank for five minutes. Right. Let alone trying to keep up with the um, I think he's a Marine or a retired Marine um, who broke the record that last I knew for uh, planks. And it was <laughs> hours. Right. So um, but people want to jump on the fastest, the easiest, the whatever. And he goes, no, 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 no. So which one is best? So jumping jacks is best because you can get the same cardio benefit as a 20 minute jog in nine minutes of. No, do the one, do the exercise that you will do consistently. That's the secret. Do the things you'll do consistently, right? And um, uh, here's, a, here's a negative, right? Stop waiting to be motivated before you do something. Let's see. What else do I have here? Um, stay uncomfortable. Stay uncomfortable. We are wired to find an equilibrium with the experiences we're in, the environments we're in, the groups we're in, the activities we're in. The body will develop. 
the mind will get itself uh, stationary because we want to hit this, this stasis. The body and the brain are wired for that. So make yourself uncomfortable. So the body and the brain have an uh, opportunity to adapt. Okay. A lot of people that I know like start businesses or start side hustles or they start some kind of project. Right. And then when, you know, they start to feel overwhelmed or they start to feel exhausted or whatever. Right. Then they start considering whether they should stop or they actually stop. Right. Oh, that wasn't good for me. I wasn't good for my mental health. I wasn't, I was, I was tired all the time. Uh, yeah. You know, when you won't be, when your body and your brain adapts, Okay, so what do I tell people in the, in the dojo, James? Right, and I, I get them into a low ichimonji or a low uh, combat uh, kamai or whatever, right? And oh, oh man, my ass hurts, my thighs hurt, my, what? Uh, or even if they don't, right, they'll be over there going, sound like they're doing Lamaze breathing and they're about to drop a baby, right? And I'll go, legs hurt. Yeah, sensei. Do you want them to stop hurting? Yeah, sensei. And they start to stand up. No, 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 no. You stay right there, okay? Uh, but, 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 you know when they'll stop hurting? When? When they're strong enough to carry your body around. And if you don't do it long enough for your body to adapt, to take you seriously and to do what needs to happen to hit stasis, nothing changes, right? We'll, we'll start weeding the, the, the garden, but because, you know, there's a lot to do and I can do it tomorrow, chances are you won't do it tomorrow. Procrastination's a bitch. Comfort's a bitch. Okay? But then as soon as we hit that stasis, right? Great. Okay? Reward yourself. I grew. I hit, a, I hit a benchmark. Reward yourself. And then set new goals that put you back into, into a state of discomfort. I mean, it's the law of life anyway, right? Life is conditioned by dukkha. <laughs> better to do it intentionally than from misdirected desire and be chasing around shit that will never happen for you because it's not possible. Some things are not possible in a relationship you, you've uh, created for yourself. Uh, some things are not possible from a job that you've created for yourself. Some things are not possible uh, from a state of uh, lethargy or whatever that you've created for yourself or uh, surrounding yourself in, in a group of needy people or whatever. Some things are not possible from certain places. So if something doesn't change, nothing changes. Except that your anger, discontent, and shit like that gets worse. Right? Uh, I already said reach out for new friends. Um, ask those, uh, and this is, this is back to word, right? Ask those uh, more successful than you for guidance. Right? Instead of being resentful, Instead of trying to, well, I don't want, I don't want to bother him, right? Successful people let you know if they're being, if they're being bothered. Okay. And here's the thing. Most aren't being asked enough questions. Don't I say that during our weekly coaching calls? I tell people, all right, next week is this theme, right? If you have any questions about this or anything that you're working on, right? Send those questions in. I have what? Like maybe a handful of people that send questions on a regular basis mm-hmm. between inside the dojo and outside the dojo. Right. But they feel guilty because they don't want to take all the time. Well, shit, take all the time you want. Nobody else is asking any questions. They're sitting back waiting for me to maybe teach that thing that they've or they don't have any plans. Well, whatever the teacher wants to teach. Right. I'm I'm here to get it all. 
Hmm. Well, then I suggest that you get out of the roller coaster and go do something like pedal a bike because while this may be thrilling, somebody else is pulling the levers and you're just fucking going for a ride. Okay. Uh, let's see. Here's one. This is mental but reflects physically. Seek to be exceptional in every part of your life. Be the best dressed person wherever you show up. Right. I thought about this earlier, right? I just reminded myself. Feng Shui yourself. People talk about Feng Shuiing their environment because it, it produces certain you know, spiritual levels and emotional states and all that kind of stuff. So is what you wear. Some people dress to be different because at least they can take control of the fact that people are like, judge them or whatever. You know, screw them, right? This is me. Be the best dressed person in the air, in, in the room. Okay. <clears throat> Stay so busy that you forget what day it is. Okay. If you have goals and you're you're working on these things, if you're if you're heading if you if you're trying to do what you say you're trying to do, even if it's just needed to, I promise you there's enough in this art. Right? If you ask me certain questions, I could give you things that will keep you busy for a while. And that's with one kata. Break your life into priorities and work every day to win at every single one of them. Oh, let's see. One more. We're just going to do one more because there's plenty that we could do. Oh, let's see. Hmm. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw two out here, right? But these have to do with mental state, but it has to do with your actions as well. Because you can still watch TV, you can still watch YouTube or whatever, right? But avoid ads that promote depression as a disease. Avoid ads that promote anything that's not working on what you're working on. <clears throat> that includes the first five seconds where you can hit the button. Look away. Start reciting your affirmations. Whatever. Then bring your attention back. Whatever. Okay? Um, and avoid drama, TV news, radio news, whatever. Right? I, I know radio's gone the way of the dodo. Okay? Negative podcast, all that kind of stuff. Right? <clears throat> Negativity is one of those things that we have to be careful with. Okay? Your subconscious mind attaches anything where the spoken word I or whatever that would be in your language, right? Anything where somebody says I and then whatever, right? I'm sad. I'm unhappy, right? Or me, right? Uh, why is it? Why are people always picking on me? Why is this shit always happening to me? Whatever, right? Your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between that person talking about them and you talking about you. So if you surround yourself by people that 
piss and moan and whine and all that kind of stuff, right? And that includes movies, TV shows, um, uh, bullshit, even if it's humor and whatnot, right? If that kind of stuff is, is manifest, right? Right? Music, whatever. I'm not telling you how to live your life, just telling you that this is scientifically proven, okay? Anything attached to I or me, your subconscious mind validates or updates your personal image of yourself because that's you. That person or you are talking about you. I or me is I or me, even if somebody else is saying it, right? You must take control of this stuff. Other people's bullshit is leaking into your system. So go out of your way to watch positive things. Go out of your way to watch comedies, things that will make you laugh, those kind of things, right? Go out of your way to watch things that enhance you as a person, right? There are <laughs> thousands of positive affirmation recordings on YouTube, Why not that instead of uh, another, you know, let's prank the idiot. Let's, you know, whatever. Okay. Oh, look, kitties. I'm going to waste two hours of my day watching kitties frolicking in the backyard. Okay, I get it. You like kitties. But you can't get those two hours back. But they make me feel wonderful. Would you feel Better if you were in the yard with, oh, yeah. Well, then go volunteer at your shelter, your local shelter, for an hour or two, once a week, and frolic with the cats that way. You will have given to your community. You will have taken care of something that um, has a need and puts you into a position of provider, right? It nurtures your spirit, and it's a real experience. It's all different. Okay. So anyway, hopefully some of this was helpful. Um, but again, they're all suggestions. So uh, I guess the next step, right, uh, uh, James, make a note that because uh, uh, the next step for everybody, if they really want to take a handle, uh, get a handle on this thing, is to uh, do something like the life purpose discovery process, uh, something like what we have in Ninja Mind, the first seven steps of, on the path of a Buddha. Remember the word Buddha means one who is awake not some god or whatever, okay? So don't let social programming convince you that something is something that's not. Uh, ninja motivation, influence, whatever, right? Uh, it's one of the next steps, right? Or go through your notes or go back and listen to this again and jot things down and then pick two or three things out of that entire list that you're going to be mindful of this week. Hell, just pick one. Do it so you don't have to think about it anymore. And not because you forgot, right? Because it just becomes, it's no longer something you do. It becomes a part of who you are. Okay. Um, so we'll make sure there's links in the description area of the video on YouTube after this is all processed and stuff. So there's that. And then um, any questions or comments or anything come in that I can answer or handle before we wrap up? I didn't see any questions. A few comments. Uh Old Ways Training said, good evening, sir. Thank you so very much for these videos. Oh, you're welcome. 
Philip Jones said, long-time listener, first-time poster. Just wanted to say good evening, and I can't express enough how much I enjoy these podcasts. Excellent. You know, um, uh, James and I talk about this on a regular basis. Um, most of my, and this has probably been the last, what, three to five years, most of our best long-distance students, the ones that are the most engaged and, and whatnot, right, Michael from Michigan and all these guys, right, um, now, I've got some guys that started way, way, way back when, we, when I first started with the Ninja, Ninja Hachimon program. But most of our best students, most engaged students, right, contacted me to train after binge listening to, like, all the Kuden podcasts. Like, you know, people will contact us and we'll say, you know, check out the podcast. Oh, listen to every single one of them, right? I caught this one. And then found out like you were on Apple Podcast or you were over here. And I went all the way back and then listened all the way through. I'm like, holy shit. All right. So, um, you know, it, when we talked about Trishna, right? Desire, misdirected desire and all that, right? In Mikio, the only uh, desire, right, that is like an okay desire, right, is the desire for enlightenment, the desire for mastery, the desire to become right, um, a superior, awake human being, right? Because all of your attention, everything that you're thinking about, speaking, doing, and all that, all manifest in that direction, right? Otherwise, it's probably a distraction. Right. Anyway, sorry, who else? Uh, Julia said not everyone has the same definition of success. I agree. I agree. So figure out what yours is. Because I uh, talked about Gary V uh, a long time ago, right? People talk about, you know, wanting more money, wanting, you know, whatever, right? He said, you know, if you're making $57,000 a year and life is great and you're a happy person, you love your family, whatever, right? And you're, you're really, really happy in life, then you're freaking successful. Your, your definition of success doesn't have to be the same as mine or anybody else's. My thing is to take these lessons and one of my teachers used to say this in a very woo-woo way, right? But he talked about battling the dragons of ignorance and desire, right? That's yours and other people's, right? Because we need to drop all the shit that we were taught to pile up, right? And where the dissatisfaction comes from is we were taught that if we do certain things a certain way, but then we were taught, don't do that, don't say these things, don't, whatever, right? Um, you know, everything will work out, right? Here's one of them. You can be anything you want. You can do anything you want. I just heard a comedian the other day. Um, I think she's British. I think it was on Britain's Got Talent. She has um, cerebral palsy. And she said, you know, I got all those great statements, uh, you know, all those things when I was growing up, too. You can be anything you want. You can do anything you want. She goes, yeah, well, duh. But I'm just saying that maybe somebody like me with tremors, you don't want performing open heart surgery on you. You know, of course, that made people laugh and all that. Right. So um, but I don't believe that that's true anymore. And it's not because I'm pessimistic or whatever. Right. Okay. I truly do believe I could do any job well that I took, 
right? I don't have to like it. I don't have to like the job, the people I work with or whatever. I can do it well, right? Um, but I do believe that there's, I have an aptitude cap, right? I have an emotional tolerance cap, right? Called assholitis, right? Makes mine come out when I'm around other ones, right? Um, so, right? So define your level of success. Even in Napoleon Hill's book, uh, Think and Grow Rich, he's very clear in the beginning, right? You have to define your level of success and work there, right? But you know when you're living to your potential, not your quota, right? When that subconscious kicks in. Oh, I really wish I did that or, you know, I wish I could do that or, um, oh, that'd be really good. Oh, but I'll make enough money, right? So there's one thing where we're convincing ourselves that we're happy and we're successful. And there's another one when if we were being honest with ourselves and we're being authentic, we pick up on those internal little things, Right? Just like when Hatsumi Sensei went to Takamatsu for the first time, I was bragging about how many, you know, what we would call the equivalent of black belts, right? 100, 150 of these things, right? But they don't call them black belts. They were talking to call them Menkyo Kaiden, full transmission, those kind of things, right? All these things, right? Do this, whatever, right? And so Takamatsu Sensei asked him, you know, so, so what's your goal? He goes, I want to be a martial arts master. And Takamatsu Sensei goes, never going to happen. Best you're going to be is a gadfly. You know what a gadfly is, right? Those big ugly flies that fly around a horse's ass eating shit, right? Well, that was a slap to the face, right? And then he went away, and then he got to thinking. And here's that fear thing, right, as a motivator. You know, I'm pissed off, but this guy's like, I've been told by how many people, right? This guy's like the best. If I want to do this stuff, I got to train with this guy or keep looking and hope I find somebody else. So he ended up resigning himself to believe, to, to just believe that look, the best I'm going to be is a gadfly, that I'm going to be the best gadfly possible. And look what happened. Okay. So whatever that is, whatever that level of success or whatever, Define it and then be it. Right? We'll talk about it. Be it. Then you won't have anything to brag about. Okay? You can hang out with a whole new group of friends because you're going to make everybody else uncomfortable. Not because you're bragging about anything, but because you showed them that you can have your cake and eat it too. Right? You can... You can be a genuinely happy person, right? Life doesn't have to suck, right? Anyway, what else we got? Uh, last one's actually from Michael Weingartz, just catching the end, Sensei, but enjoy the lessons and reminders to stay on task and move toward improvement. Fantastic. And it's good to see you on, Michael. Uh, I, Michael's in my uh, distance tra uh, training program, and he's in my Friday group. And uh, between him and Josh Bloom, um, sometimes they're the only people on. 
<laughs> so, but I still teach the lesson. I still show up. Didn't matter if there was one, two, 20, whatever, right? The lesson still goes out because, you know, my, my thing is to provide benefit to pass these lessons on. Okay. And I don't feel bad when, you know, where's everybody else? Right. I just make assumptions and I think the best, right? Um, you know, they're taking care of things they need to take care of. Some people are driving, some people are working and listening in. And I know that because when they send in questions or they send in updates, right, they're referring to certain things or like uh, one of my guys who's an emergency room doctor, just busy out the wazoo, right? Um, he'll contact me and go, oh, that that thing that you said in uh, the last Kudan or whatever, that was, man, that was a that was a kick in the ass or that was, a you know, whatever, right? Um, so I, I, I know that they're doing the work. It's just, you know, sometimes the timing on the clock doesn't show, it doesn't work well, right? I was surprised last, was it last week The Carl was on, right? Yes. Yeah. So Carl lives on the other side of the planet, right? Anyway, is that it? Is that what we got? Yes, sir. All right. Fantastic. Do you have anything to throw on top of this fire? No, I think the only thing that, uh. Came, the one thing that came to mind for me is what you say in class a lot of times is uh um oh how do you put that yeah you know. I don't know I wasn't there no <laughs> <laughs> oh but it's uh there it went oh uh, if you uh you don't know. If something that you've said like like gives you that feeling and sort of hits home or feel like uh you're not sure if he's if you're talking to me or not uh, not talking <laughs> to the person standing next to you so and I didn't make that up that came from one of my teachers, that former marine right he'd always he'd say something and he'd go, "See y'all nodding your heads, okay, but if you're ever wondering if I'm talking about you or not, just remember. I'm not talking to the guy next to you. <laughs> so, anyway, right? All right. And most people know what I'm, and I'm, I'm I, none of my classes are designed around any given person. Right? I don't do that passive aggressive bullshit. Although I've had students come up afterwards and be absolutely pissed off because they thought that I was talking about them and embarrassing them around everybody. And somehow everybody else knew that it was about them. And I'm like, Dude, this is my lesson on the lesson plan. The fact that you saw yourself in it, that's that's a huge clue because something recognized it, right? But if you're be pissed off at me, if I had a problem with you, I'll be the first one to come up and tap you on the shoulder and go, you and I need to go have a conversation. Right? I don't play that bullshit, right? But so... And it's the same thing for me, right? My teacher's saying something and it triggers something, right? Something that flares up, right? We recognized it, right? It's something that ego tried to bury and hide because if we don't look at it, it's kind of like a three-year-old, right? Find me, right? My three-year-old grandson does it all the time. Find me, right? Uh, you know, you have to, and everybody will do this for you, right? Everybody placates, even adults to adults. Just because we don't go, gee, where is Stellan? Have you seen Stellan? And so he can go, here I am, right? Um, you know, 
People know what your sensitivities are. Okay. People want to be motivated by a teacher. So we'll bring this full circle. People want to be motivated by a teacher, but they don't want the t- their teacher to call them on bullshit. Just like they don't want ministers in a church to do it or whatever. Okay. And what they do after that is they get pissed off and they leave and they go find somebody else and they'll make up all kinds of things as to why that teacher's better and this guy didn't know what he was talking about. But what it was was they called you out on something and instead of taking it and fixing it, right? Cause that's what your teacher's there for. Right? They think they've hired the teacher to just do all the nice, pretty stuff. There's plenty of teachers to do that, too. I'm okay. I'm not here to hurt anybody. I mean, if you don't get out of the way of the punch, you're going to get hit. But I don't, I'm not here to hurt. I know that techniques hurt and things that I'm doing to cause a student to wake up can hurt but nothing is done out of malice. And until a student can trust their teacher at that kind of level where they know that no matter what happens, they're doing it to help me grow, they run the risk of the red pill, blue pill thing every single class. Okay. That good? We good? Did I earn my keep today? All right. So, again, let all the stuff get processed and whatnot. If you're on uh, YouTube or you're not on YouTube, right, you can visit YouTube in a day or two, and we'll have everything set up down below. I'm also going to be working on uh, breaking the uh, Whiteboard Wednesday and the uh, Kuden uh, episodes, previous episodes, but download them and, and cut them into smaller pieces because I talk about different pieces right so we're gonna we're gonna break them into like 10 or 15 minute little snippets um right that are that are about a given thing and then uh i'm also gonna break it into like these little shorts kind of thing that can go on um i don't know if drew will set up tiktok or whatever but um i got a guy that can do this stuff instagram tiktok now youtube has shorts right because we're just gonna further uh nurture people's uh race to the bottom of memory retention to get them to goldfish as quickly as possible, right? And actually, shorts are way below that. TikTok's way below that, right? The memory uh, or the, the attention retention span of a goldfish is 10 seconds. So YouTube, well, I guess not, right? Um, YouTube shorts are between 15 seconds and 60 seconds, right? So anyway, let's see what happens. uh that's it all right so um i'm not sure what i'm going to talk about next week so if questions you got questions if there's certain aspects of the art again not physical because this is not the format for that uh and i know right i can stand up in front of the screen i can demonstrate things but this is a podcast format i just happen to be doing it live on youtube to take advantage of and, and facebook to take advantage of visual uh kind of thing but this primarily will goes out to stitcher to uh, Spotify, to Apple Podcasts, all that kind of stuff, and they can't see that. So this is the philosophy. This is the insight. This is the Seishin Techie. This is the uh, Kuden. Hey, look at that, right? It's uh, it's all that stuff, right? So, um, but if you have questions or suggestions or whatever that could would make a good uh, Whiteboard Wednesday, or you have questions about things uh, that are you know life things, personal development, that kind of thing, that can be here on Kuden, 
Or if you do have skilled things that you want to see or whatever, I am producing more and more of those videos. I can add them to the list. Okay. Can't promise, promise that if you send it in this week, it'll be out this week. Um, cause I have a long list of things to do, um, other videos to shoot that are ahead of it. Um, but if I see one and it's like, oh shit, that'd be awesome. Right. Um, who knows? We can, we can add that in there. Okay. So we're also going to be releasing some of the older, uh, Tuesday and Friday virtual classes. Uh, probably as snippets, right? Because, uh, people get bored watching everybody else practice instead of watching people practice to see mistakes or good habits and then make sure that when they're practicing, they don't do the negative and they do the positive. They just want to see the, the teacher, aka dancing monkey, uh, show another technique that they don't have, right? So anyway, and that's just the way it is, right? So. We good? I know I asked that before. Yes. All right. Fantastic. Well, I realized after uh, I wrapped up last week's uh, episode that I forgot to do something, uh, which was to have the outro <laughs> run. Um, but uh, just as a quick reminder, don't forget that we have our Fall Ninja Camp coming up. Uh, the end of September, so September 30th, October 1st and 2nd. We have a live and a virtual. If you go to onlineninjaacademy.com forward slash events, it's the first one listed, right? Uh, and I didn't, I, I got so caught up with things. Um, the discount, $100 discount that's on it, right, was supposed to run out July 31st. I forgot. So if you get there before I fix it this week, tomorrow or Wednesday, you can get in for 100 bucks. Less, hundred bucks less. Sorry, hundred bucks less, right? Uh, and even if you can't make it, right? A bunch of people uh, register for it, and then they just get the videos and stuff. Um, so unless you're my platinum elite group that gets all these things as a part of their tuition, um, they don't pay for anything extra. Um, there's that, right? But it's a it's a huge chunk, right? And if you can make it in for the live stuff, that'd be awesome. What we're doing is bringing the Ninja no Hachimon, the original uh, minimum technology to be to claim to be doing Ninja to into the 21st century, and this is not Jeff's virgin, version, not virgin, version, right? This is, this is just, here's the reflection of it in today's world, um, because we're going to explore the technology and understand it, right? So we're not making shit up, okay? So that's it, all right? Uh, James, thank you very much. I will uh, talk to you uh, shortly, and everybody else, talk to you next week on our next episode of Kuden. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe to your favorite podcasting site or subscribe at ModernNinjaWarrior.com.